everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is Friday night, the Cleveland Browns have just taken the NFL world by storm, making a flurry of moves, and I'm joined via the phone by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, still uh, still catching my breath over here, but the Browns trade a bunch of draft picks um, to acquire Demarius Randall from the Packers, Jarvis Landry uh, from the Dolphins, Tyrod Taylor from the Bills. They also traded Deshaun Kaiser uh, as well to the Packers as part of that Demarius Randall um, deal. So we're going to get into all of that quickly here on a Friday night. Um, this, you know, look, Mary Kay, the Browns trade after trade was happening in the NFL. I know fans were getting a little anxious, wondering where they were. And here we are, what, it was around 4.30 today, uh, John Dorsey started making moves. Yeah, and you know what? I think, uh, you know, this really showed that, you know, there is a new sheriff in town, and he means business. And, you know, they've had enough of losing. There are a lot of successful people in the Browns building now, Uh Guys that have been part of winning teams, have been part of playoff teams and Super Bowl teams, and, you know, they don't want to have, you know, the stench of 1-31 and 31 on them anymore. They're done with that. Uh, this means uh, that they're going to try to get to winning as soon as possible, and they're going to be very, very aggressive in doing that. Yeah, let, let's start with the quarterback situation, and, and let's start with Tyrod Taylor, because the Browns give up the, the number 65 overall pick for him. It was It's the first pick of the third round. Um, you know, look, that was probably a, a high price to pay for Taylor, but the fact of the matter is the Browns still have five picks in the first two rounds. They still have the number 64 overall pick. Um, this, they were in a situation where they can afford... Just like they can afford to overpay in free agency a little bit, they can certainly afford to overpay in that situation to get a guy that can start for them in 2018. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I mean, you have to give up something to get something, especially because um, there were other teams that wanted these quarterbacks. I think that uh, Vic Carucci from the Buffalo News said that the Cardinals and the Broncos were interested in Tyrod Taylor. I mean, if you're going to acquire one of these guys, you have to do something. You have to give something up in return. And you know what? Do you think that Howie Roseman is is sitting around worried? (laughs) sitting around, you know, feeling bad about what he gave up for Carson Wentz. No, I mean, they went to the Super Bowl and won it. So uh, you you have to be very aggressive uh, and very generous in, in making these deals. And um, I actually don't think uh, that the 65 is that bad for your starting quarterback. So uh, it's an opportunity for them to go out and to win some football games. He threw 14 touchdown passes and only four interceptions last year. His uh, completion percentage was good. Uh, about 63%. So uh, he went 8-6, and six, he won some games, and now he's got, you know, Jarvis Landry to throw to. And if, if Josh Gordon stays on the straight and narrow, he'll have, you know, Josh Gordon. They might still uh, try to pursue Terrell Pryor. So, uh, so now, you know, it's a different-looking offense. Yeah, and, you know, you got a guy who 22-20 and 20 is a starter, um, you know, decent numbers. I think there's a ceiling to what you can do with Tyrod Taylor, but you can win with him. And the bottom line is you didn't bring him in to be your quarterback of the future. You know, I don't think this rules out taking quarterback number one overall. This is just, you know, you use the number 65 pick. Like I said, you've got 31, 33, 64 already on that day. You use that pick to get the guy that can be your starting quarterback and help you win games next year. And, uh, you know, that's important. This team needs to start putting some wins on the board. Has any stomach for, for losing anymore? The fans don't. The coaches don't. 
the players don't. John Dorsey certainly won't. Uh, so, you know, that, that has to be over with. You know, it, it is time uh, to go out there and, and win some football games. And, you know, I, I really think that this gives them a chance to do that. I mean, if you look at... Um, if you look, and, and you know what, Dan, I do think that they will draft a quarterback still number one overall or number four overall. Like you said, this is not their quarterback of the future. He's sort of a bridge quarterback. Now, you know, not, not the least expensive bridge quarterback in the world, but again, the Cleveland Browns have a lot of money and they're going to have to use some of it to get this team turned around. So uh, that's what it was going to take. He'll, he'll make $16 million this year, but look, they spent $16 million last year on a quarterback that wasn't even here. So, <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes you have to do some things that are a little painful to, uh, you know, to gain what you want. And that's what they have to do here. But I believe that they will still take a quarterback again, either number one or number four. And we've talked about this on other podcasts. Yet. It's getting to the point now where because they have the number four overall pick, you know, if they don't have that number one guy, if they don't have, you know, they can't all agree on, hey, this is the absolute hands down uh, consensus pick. If there's three quarterbacks that they like uh, sort of equally, you know, then maybe they can afford to take a Saquon Barkley number one overall uh, and end up with arguably the best player out of this draft. You know, kind of like they did last year with Miles Garrett, and then come back and get their quarterback at number four. Uh, and you know, he's going to spend a year, at probably this whole entire year, on the bench, anyways. So you know, they can afford to take someone who they can develop and and try to turn into something. You know, after this year. Yeah, and uh, you know, the other thing you mentioned the the salary that Taylor is going to make. You know, I mean, I, I'm not convinced that A.J. McCarron's not going to get that much, you know, a front-loaded contract or a Case Keenum. or I mean, these guys are going to get a lot of money. They might actually end up getting a guy who is cheaper. And obviously, they would give the pick to get him, but they might end up getting a guy that costs them less financially um, here in, in, in Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, and um, you're right. There, there will be a premium on these quarterback salaries because there are not that many of them that are healthy. I mean, really, when you look at it, some of the guys that we've been talking about uh, that that could possibly be available include guys like Sam Bradford. Well, can you really take a chance on Sam Bradford with what even Mike Zimmer described as a degenerative uh, knee issue? And you've got Teddy Bridgewater. They can't afford to take a chance on him. I mean, you know, some of these guys just were not going to be feasible. And then Kirk Cousins, I don't know if they ever really planned on being in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes at that kind of money, which was going to be $30 million a year for a long-term contract. I just don't know that they wanted to go there when they do see a good quarterback class and their quarterback of the future coming out in this draft. Yeah, and you know, speaking of that, Tyrod Taylor, he stayed healthy when he was in Buffalo. Didn't deal with a lot of injuries. Um, you know, Played 14 games, 15 games, and 15 games over the last three years. And, of course, this last year a lot, you know, he got benched for that half uh, um, for them. So, so the guy's been healthy. The guy's been able to play, and that's important. Now, we do have to talk about Deshaun Kaiser, obviously, um, traded to Green Bay. I think it's a good situation for him. Um, he, he got thrown into the fire last year. 
really unfairly, they didn't really give him a chance to be successful with the quarterback they put, room they put around him. Um, so now he gets to go to Green Bay. He gets to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he gets an opportunity to get away from Cleveland, you know, go to a different organization, a winning organization. I, I think this is a – the Browns, of course, get a cornerback. I think this is a, a win for everybody involved. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, I think the writing was on the wall last year when Hugh Jackson had some kind of quote where he said, I'm not sure he'll ever get it. Um, you know, I, I don't know that he saw, you know, what he needed to see in Deshaun that led him to believe that he would be the long-term answer. And we know that, that he was going to be the third quarterback probably on the depth chart this year behind uh, whoever they brought in, now Tyrod Taylor, and the number one number four overall pick so uh you know was it going to behoove him to languish on the bench as the third quarterback when i mean you really don't get any reps whatsoever as the third quarterback so this is an opportunity for him uh to go try to kind of get his career back on track learn from one of the best in the business in aaron Rodgers, establish himself and you know go out and, and prove to people that he can play this game and we've seen plenty of guys uh come back you know sort of out of nowhere and resurrect their careers, guys like Case Keenum, guys like Nick Foles. Uh, so this doesn't mean the end for Deshaun Kaiser. This could be one of the best things that ever happened to him. Yeah, I mean, he just turned 22. <laughs> he turned 22, yeah. he's 6'4", he's 233 pounds. Obviously, we know the flaws in his game, but again, taking him out of the, the pressure cooker a little bit and, and a situation where he's competing and you know has a chance to start and putting him in a situation where he has no chance to start, I, I think that could help him. Well, yeah, and and I also think that this is uh, just another way of those guys saying, you know, that they were not overly enamored with uh, some of the the things that Sashi Brown did over the last two years. You know, they're not going to be messing around with with those players and those picks uh, that that Sashi Brown and that regime made over the last two years. I mean, uh, you know, even when you look at the Jarvis Landry pick, you know, it kind of means that it puts Corey Coleman on notice. You know, it really does because, you know, if they did acquire – a Terrell prior, you know, then you're looking at, um, you know, Corey really having to fight and scrap for playing time. So, so, you know, ushering Deshaun Kaiser out the door and putting Corey Coleman on notice is sort of, of, you know, these guys saying, you know, we just aren't overly impressed. And we remember, uh, John Dorsey saying, you know, that there's not a lot of guys that were football players, um, or whatever the quote was, but yeah. uh, you know what I mean? I think this is sort of these guys saying, you know what, we're going to just move it on out and, and do this our own way. Uh, now the guy they're getting back to Marius Randall, um, you know, not entirely sure what he's going to be. Um, ben Fennell uh, on Twitter, who's a really good follow, does a lot of film study, uh, you know, has, has worked in the NFL uh, a little as, as a video guy. He, he, this is what he says about Demarius Randall, and, and I tend to trust his his opinion. Uh, he's had some gorgeous interceptions in his in his career. That's his upside. Getting the ball back. He's an opportunistic cornerback that you must swallow a lot of bad in hopes for some good. Hey, the Browns can use a guy. They can go get the football, and he's still on a rookie contract. Of course, Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith were part of the front office that drafted him. So, uh, you know, you take a shot on the guy. Yeah, you take a shot, and look like you just said. Um, you know, th- these are some young guys that they brought onto the football team. Jarvis Landry is only 25 years old. Demarius Randall is 25 years old. These are risks worth taking. And again, even when you look at um, a, a Jarvis Landry, you know, 
he butted heads with Adam Gase. There's there's no question about it that, you know, there's film of them fighting on the sidelines. And then uh, when he got thrown out of a game against the Bills, Adam Gase called that incident embarrassing. And the minute he said that, I, I really felt like Jarvis Landry was not going to be long for that football team. So, um, you know, these guys don't come without their, you know, little bit of baggage. But again, these are risks worth taking. I mean, you're adding a three-time Pro Bowl receiver. There's not a lot of Pro Bowl players on this football team. Think about that. And, you know, the fewer really impact players that you have like that, uh, you know, the fewer wins you're going to have. So now they've got a Pro Bowler in Josh Gordon. They've got one in Jarvis Landry. They've got one in Jamie Collins. They've got one in Joe Thomas. And that's basically it in in terms of of Pro Bowlers. But um, with you mentioning Demarius Randall, I still think, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, if they don't end up with a Minka Fitzpatrick out of Alabama, I still think that, um, you know, that they will work hard to improve their secondary. They're, they're not going to mess around with this defense. They know they have to have a dominant defense uh, to support their quarterback, to support their offense, and to play AFC North football. I think you really, truly will see uh, more defensive playmakers brought onto this team, whether it's cornerback Tremaine Johnson or, or whether it's Mika Fitzpatrick. I still think they will be aggressive in that regard. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this team is far from done, and and I'm curious to see what what happens, you know, next week when free agency opens. Um, the last thing we need to to touch on is you know, as impressive as you know, a good list of players acquired. They acquired three starters, um, in, in Taylor, Landry, and Randall, uh, most likely three starters. Um, but they only gave up the highest thing they gave up is a 2018 third round pick. They gave up a fourth rounder this year. Uh, they swapped picks, I believe. It gets a little complicated. Swap picks, I believe, with Green Bay, and a seventh rounder next year. So they still have one, four, thirty-three, thirty-five, and sixty-four. Um, that that's still a lot of ways to improve this football team. Yes, absolutely, and especially like you said, you know they've got their, um, you know they've got their first and second round picks number one number number four 33 and 35 i mean that you know that means everything to have those picks and again you have to give sashi brown credit for maneuvering those and acquiring those nobody ever faulted him uh for acquiring those types of assets so it really does put this regime in a great spot to go out and draft you know ultimately what you hope would be four pros and you know the top two guys you know, you you know, you're up there in like Hall of Fame territory. I mean, you want those guys to be perennial Pro Bowlers, so it's an opportunity to really transform this team. Yeah, uh, you you've got a chance to pick two, three starters, and and a couple contributors in that group, and you have a chance to make those picks before any of the picks you traded away even get made. So, um, you know, John John Dorsey did a good job. Uh, I don't think either of us thinks he's done, uh, whether it's in free agency, whether it's in making more trades. Uh, but but this is a uh, this is a good night for the Cleveland Browns, and you said it. You, you know, Sashi Brown did some things wrong, but the one thing he did really well was he acquired a bunch of draft picks for this season, and John Dorsey's not going to be afraid to use them. That's right, and um, you know, and, and like you said, uh, it's it's really a chance for the Browns to 
get their fans excited, to get their fans back on board. You've got Joe Thomas tweeting about how excited <laughs> he is. I mean, that's a good you know, thing. You know, he's been touting Tyrod Taylor on the Tomahawk podcast. And, you know, who knows? Maybe this will inspire him uh, to to weigh his decision to come back. We will be expecting that decision, you know, probably somewhere around Monday, you know, Wednesday by the latest when free agency actually opens. But, you know, maybe this will be enough to just uh, make him say, you know what, I want want to be part of this. (laughs) This looks like it could be fun. Yeah, maybe those maybe those knees are hurting a little bit less tonight for uh, for Joe. Let's hope so. <laughs> All right, Mary Kay, uh, this we just wanted to get a quick podcast in here uh, on, a, on a Friday night recapping the Browns trades. This has been a special edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you head over and subscribe on iTunes to Orange and Brown Talk Google Play as well. Uh, and Mary Kay, we appreciate you taking the time out of a very busy night tonight. Well, I've got to get back to some more writing here, Dan. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later.